Welcome to Rescue and Rosé with Dana Close and Erica Cartwright, two dog moms who've come together to share their stories of the dog rescue world, the ups and the downs, the laughs and the cries, and everything in between. So grab your glass of rosé, your rescue dog, and get ready to be entertained. Hi, welcome to Rescue and Rosé. It's Erica Cartwright. And Dana Close. Well, hello. Well, hi. Hi. You're back from a, a big adventure. A very long adventure, but oh my gosh, it was amazing. I just took a rescue dog up to Montana. I want to hear a little bit about the um, really fast like turnaround, too. I feel like I was just talking to you Saturday morning, and you were on the road, and now you're home, and we're podcasting. So that's pretty amazing. So, <laughs> it, Well, and that's exactly what it was. It was super last minute. I didn't think that this rescue was going to happen, not, not for any reason except for it was a lot of moving parts that sometimes you don't see them come together. And so what, what had happened was... Um, this contractor up in Montana had seen a picture of this dog that we have down here in our rescue and he said he wanted him. And I just thought, okay, all right, well, great, cool. I'll never hear from you again. We put an application in, uh, it worked out with transport. I drove up there with a stranger, uh, two days in the car, one way, two days in the car back. And then, uh, what a day and a half there. Yeah. It wasn't the, I don't even think we had a full day there um it was a lot and so anyway best home ever this dog could ever ask for and it just worked out great but yeah i'm exhausted well that's amazing first off um and second off i mean i i'm not a road tripper so i give you a lot of a lot of uh, props there and going on the road with a stranger that's even more so hey it worked out everything will do for a dog though i guess right so why don't you like road trips i get car sick so, um, I mean, it's it just, they're very boring for me. Like if, if I'm driving, it's one thing, but like, I can't do anything. I can't read. I can't be on my phone. Like I can't really do anything if I'm just a passenger, except for stare out the window or hope I'm going to have some decent conversation. Well, that stinks. That, like my, one of my favorite things to do is road trip. I love road trip food. I love sightseeing. I love the scenery. I love I it. I mean, I, I, I mean, I wish like, I just, I, I get most like, okay, let me just give you an example. If I work, cause I, I'm now getting old and I have to wear readers, which I'm still trying to come to terms with, but like, I also have a standing desk with a treadmill. So I can't wear my glasses and walk on my treadmill at the same time without getting motion sickness. But that's like reading, right? Like you could sit in a car and just look out the window yeah, but what that's boring. And what do you do with that? I mean, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just replaying my road trip in my head and I'm like, what did I do? And yeah, it was a lot of looking out the window. I didn't really, I didn't mess with my phone, which is what, what my intention was to get a lot of stuff done on my phone, but I just didn't at all. Well, I mean, that's, I, I mean, Ideally, for me, if I could get stuff done on my phone on road trips, that would be amazing because I don't get a whole lot of downtime. So for me, I could play catch up on some things, but I can't like if I even look at my phone for like five minutes, I get nauseous. Okay, well, we won't road trip together. um, I mean, we can. I just I mean, I did um, look into I don't know. My husband said I would (laughs) 
and be embarrassing. But they have those glasses that you can get that is supposed to help with that. Um, they're just very unattractive. <laughs> Google them. When you have time, go on Amazon and do motion sickness glasses. And... Um, see what you see like it, it's it's a problem too because i found out the hard way that like going on boats in the ocean it i don't do well either and there's so many things i want to do with that but like i'll have to figure out how to not get sick okay dana absolutely not you are not wearing these glasses i just looked them up i'm going to explain <laughs> to people that can't see what i one look up motion sickness <laughs> and then tap, 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 tap. okay so these things are two huge circles in front of your face and then there are two huge circles on the side of your face well but the purpose is is because they um they take away your peripheral so you don't get dizzy i don't care don't wear those so you wouldn't road trip with me if i bought those glasses <laughs> absolutely not oh <laughs> so you're telling me <laughs> that i would be embarrassing Yes, and I'm shallow. <laughs> I'm like, so you'd rather not go on a road trip with me than me wear those glasses. Okay, don't yeah. I, noted, noted, we noted. Time, I'll show you the the biggest ball of yarn in Idaho. Actually, I did go to a museum uh, in Idaho. Oh, was Can it a potato go? museum? It was. It was a potato museum tour. Oh my god, how did I guess that right? <laughs> It's Idaho. I guess that's true. There's just so much else there, right? No, but it really was stunning. I was kind of blown away at how pretty Idaho was. It was like green and lush and cows. It was really pretty. Well, um, I think that that is pretty awesome that you did that. And now the other dog that is the sibling of that dog is still available for adoption, yes? Yes, but we have um, a meet and greet tomorrow night. And then I'm pretty sure they're, okay, so I didn't really know these dogs very well before we went up there because they weren't with me, they were with the finder. And I'm not lying when I say if I had more time with Duck, who went up to Montana with us, he had, he had a couple different names, but we settled on Duck. So if Duck had more time with me, I would have kept him. He was probably the sweetest, intuitive smart, uh, well-behaved dog I've run across in a very long time. Oh, and now how big is he going to get, do you think? I think he's going to get huge. Yeah? Yeah, and then his little brother is the smaller of the two, and I don't think he'll get as big. And I'm, I'm really thinking that once these people meet him, it's going to be a hard yes. So I'm planning on doing the adoption on Saturday if it goes well tomorrow night. And then I'm getting... Honeycrisp, who's been at Heidi's, I'll get her Friday. I'm going to pick her up. And then I, I was going to take her right to the trainer, but I think I'll just keep her with us. And um, she has a meet and greet that actually one of your people it put me in touch with this guy. And so she has a meet and greet Saturday. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So anyway, so it's been kind of, kind of busy over here. And I know you guys had 4th of July and dogs and any crazy yeah it's been it's been crazy um we took in a couple of medical dogs last week too which um normally we might not have taken them in but it was just like with the volume of dogs coming into the shelter um dogs with medical just they're, they're going to be the first to sadly get e-listed so we ended up taking in 
Miss Lola. She's adorable. She's in foster right now. We're working um, to figure out she has just random fainting spells and we discovered that she has an enlarged heart. So we see the cardiologist later this month. And then the other dog is her, her name at the shelter was Megra and we renamed her Tiana. So she's Princess Tiana. She's an older, um, she's a black, like ear cropped pity. She's big lady. She's got so many mammary masses. Um, I saw her and I love her. Oh my gosh. Well, she's going to be a little bit of a topic of kind of what our main topic is going to be. So I won't say too much more about her um, right now, but like we are going to talk a little bit more in depth about her, but we, um, yeah, it's just been, we've kind of been, one of our volunteers has been really, really heavily um, sharing posts on social media of some of the dogs that are kind of e-listed this weekend too. And we actually were able to help with a couple of those. So it's just been busy. Lots of, uh, lots of moving parts, lots of people kind of doing the best that they can to try to get these dogs seen and, you know, keep them out of the shelter. It's been a, it's a crazy, they had, they were already at capacity going into the busiest week of the year. Is this busier than New Year's? Yes, because summer is already busier just in general. Um, and then you throw the fireworks. It's the, the, the 5th of July has been year over year, the busiest intake day at the shelter um they actually did a partnership with heidi's village we talk about heidi's quite a bit and so there's 44 dogs that got moved from the east shelter over to heidi's village to um, help open up some more kennel space for incoming dogs and you guys got some recognition on there i saw yeah we donated um i we had just literally a few days got before gotten um a donation with lots of blankets and pillow or pillows, not pillows, but uh, towels. And so when uh, we got them, I was, I reached right out to Heidi's and I was like, I have, we have blankets for you guys if you want them. And they were like, Oh my God, you have no idea. That's perfect timing. And so we were able to get that and kind of make it. So everybody's stay is really comfortable. Cause you know, obviously they weren't expecting to get 44 dogs, like basically overnight. Um, so that helped them kind of be a little bit more set up for success and comfortable, but so far, it seems to be working. Um, they're asking volunteers that go to Heidi's to also go spend some time with the dogs that are at Heidi's, too. So yeah. lots of stuff, lots of moving parts. I should do a post about that because I think getting people to sign up to volunteer with you guys, with Heidi's, with uh, Maricopa County is really needed right now. Honestly, we're sending everyone to get, if, if they're okay with doing it, we're sending everybody to the shelter. Because right now we just don't have the capacity to do like an onboarding because it takes a while to do the onboarding. And so we don't generally do that over the summer months. But what we do like to do is if we get people to where they're cross-trained, because most of our volunteers are cross-trained at the shelter as well, it kind of saves a step, but also gets some of the needs met at the shelter in the meantime. Because, you know, when you sign up to volunteer at the shelter, you have to do at least 16 hours minimum of non-contact, meaning um, basically cleaning, doing laundry, uh, doing enrichment prep and stuff like that. So all that's so needed. So the more bodies that are there kind of working towards that is awesome. And then once they're trained there and we have our next orientation, we can, um, you know, bring them on our side and it doesn't take as much once they're already trained at the shelter. Perfect. All right. I'll yeah. send and get them started there um love it so you said something and can i say my favorite term let's unpack that you were talking right. about this i, I want to know about this dog more i'm so curious so tell me about what 
you've got going on. Yeah. So I kind of was like thinking we could segue into kind of the power of social media. I think, um, I think that was our segue. Yeah. Like it it just, to me, (laughs) the, the power of social media, especially like, I mean, it can do some really not great things, but I would say overall, it really can make some really big things happen in a really short amount of time too. So um, we'll start with Tiana. So Tiana is a medical dog. Her very first like basic quote to get her mammary masses removed and just do x-rays and a bunch of other things like blood work, all the stuff we need to do to kind of get her through this first round. Cause we don't know they're her masses are rather large. So they're very kind of concerning looking. So she could end up being a phosphorus dog, which is, a dog's version of a hospice. A long-term home for her, provide her with all the medical care and support in the home until, you know, and make her days the best they can be. Um, hopefully that's not the case, but um, we, we had shared her story and one of our past adopters actually reached out and wanted to do a donation match for us. Cause we were doing a fundraiser for her specifically. And so her match was she would match anything up to a thousand dollars that we raised yesterday. Um, and so honestly, we like blew that away by noon. She reached out to me at noon, like 1230. And she's like, Oh my God, you guys like already blew past that. She's like, so she's like, let's go up to $2,000. She's like, so she's like, if we can get up to $2,000 by the end of the day, like I'll match it. Well, we got up to like 1500 on all platforms. And she ended up still donating $2,000 to us. So we were able to get $2,000 plus $3,500. And then we had another one of our past adopters that had reached out and said, I'll match the difference if you don't get to that $2,000. So basically the $1,500, you know, she was going to match $500 more. Um, And I let that adopter know that we were, we already received it. And she's like, well, I'll still give it. I was planning to give you money anyway. So then we ended up getting another $500 because of it. So just because of the social media and the power that like Tiana's story kind of brought to everybody, like we raised a lot of money that's going to cover her care. Plus, you know, maybe even help out a couple other dogs, um, which is amazing. Amazing. That is such like a, when you talk about social media and how important it is, like you could go out and, set up a booth, kind of the old school way, right? You set up a booth in front of a shop or a pet smart or a park or whatever, and you, you're there from 8 a.m. to 12 in the afternoon with some adoptable dogs, some giveaways, some swag, and you might maybe raise a couple hundred bucks. You know, yep. somebody walks yep. by and throws five bucks in. So being able to use social media for that, I think, is like a big thing and a big reach that you can do to get to audiences across the world you know at least in the united states at least in arizona definitely in phoenix like where your adopters are and we kind of have that same thing and i was just telling someone people don't always know how to help they don't want to be boots on the ground you know there's a lot of people that don't want to go to shelters and clean and do laundry or see the dogs that are sad there's a lot of people that can't take dogs into their homes you and i both would take 100 dogs tomorrow if we could but it's just not possible um physically your you know hoarding laws <laughs> people being able to give money when they know there's a need and being able to see what you do it's not like you just put a sign up there and say hey can you give me money to help the dog by by putting tiana's story on there they can see where their money's going and that really speaks a thousand words 
I agree. Well, I mean, I have another great example too. Like I was, I mean, we buy pork chomps every week for One Love Wednesday. We do enrichment at the Maricopa County East Shelter every Wednesday. And we give about 300 pork chomps out every week. So, you know, it's something that we've done for years. Um, And I was shopping for pork chomps and there happened to be like a $4 off coupon. Um, I think this was Thursday or Friday. I can't remember. Anyways. I need you to spell this. What? Pork. 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 P-O-R-K. Pork chomps. Chomps. Okay. Just be clear, everybody. We're not giving dogs pork chops. No, chomps, C-H-O-M-P-S, pork chomps. So they're like a long-lasting enrichment item, basically, that is like non-rawhide, but it keeps it's fully digestible, but it keeps them busy. So it lasts them longer in their kennels. So generally speaking, a bag of pork chomps is over $10, a bag for 15 of them. Well, with this $4 off coupon, they ended up being like $6 and like 28 cents or something. So I made a post... I made a video, like I, I just did a, you know, call to action ask, right? Like, hey, if you guys have extra money, this coupon can be used up to four for four bags at a time. So if you feel so inclined and you have $28.48 to give 60 dogs enrichment, by all means, shop our wish list. Here's the link. You have no idea, Erica. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Well, first off, as of this morning, I had 145 bags of pork chomps, 15 each. So that's like 2175, 2175 pork chomps, which will last us seven weeks of enrichment for One Love Wednesday. I just got a notification. You should like my, I have so many more. Like I have at least a hundred more boxes to open. Like it's unbelievable the response that we just got from this. Like I had no concept that this was going to happen. And you think there's more coming? Oh yeah. I mean, I would assume I thought we were done. (laughs) And then lo and behold, I've got these giant, like, which by the way, I got delivered like these giant Amazon bags that are filled with boxes of pork chomps. I don't know what I do with these bags, but I kind of want to keep them because they're really great. They've got handles. They're really big and sturdy because I feel like I need them. Well, do you think that whoever ordered them, it gave the option of sending like, well, no, because this is like all different people. Oh, yeah, because they can only order four at a time with a coupon. So this is the, this is probably, like, I already sent out 46 thank yous this morning. Yeah, I've got to do my thank yous, too. I haven't done this. We did a backpack drive for homeless dogs here in Phoenix, and we have supplies to fill them with. And I, so I have a stack of thank yous that I have to send on Amazon. There's it, it's kind of tedious, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, definitely happy to do it, but it is... Yeah. Like, but it is one of those tasks where it's like, oh, so I just did this morning. I was like, you need to just spend 20 minutes, get these all out. So, but now like I get to go open all these other bags and have like, it's, it's really um, one of those things that you just like, I feel like I'm shopping. Cause it's like, I know what good this is going to do. And it just gives me the warm and fuzzies when I get to open it all. And it's so much fun. And my dogs are always my assistants and doing quality control checks. So, I mean, just, and then this, this weekend too, like, so there was sadly because of the intake where there was a ton of dogs, sadly e-listed for uh, medical and behavior. Um, one of our volunteers um, asked me if she could collaborate, if she made all the videos and the content of some of these dogs, if we would collaborate with her just to get it, you know, we have a pretty decent reach on our social media. And so we've been sharing the videos that she's asked us to, and we know of at least two they got saved like really literally by like the last second saves um 
before they would have, they would not have had another day. And so they saw them on our social media and rushed down there and saved them. Um, so, I mean, the power of social media can do some really good things is basically the, the end of it for today for me. It's just, this week has been just blown me away at the response from people. And it's the ask. It's just putting it out there and asking too. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't be like, oh, I, I wish we had this, or I, I kind of want to do this if we had this much money. Like you have to have an ask and you have to ask it. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's, you know, I used to feel really bad. Like, I mean, I don't so much anymore, but like, I used to feel really bad asking people for things. And I realized like, no, like people have to know what we need, right? They can't do anything or act on anything if they don't specifically know what our needs are. And if we do things that are very blanketed, like oftentimes, like people are like, well, how do I really know that that's going to happen? So like you said, just having that, like knowing what their money is going towards or having like that tangible item that they're like, I can do that. I can do this exact thing there. So the kind of flip side of social media is someone has to run it. Oh, gosh. I know. And like, I don't know that people who have never like ran a nonprofit social media really can understand the grasp and the magnitude of it because social media changes like all of the time. And like, you have to kind of succumb to some of what they want you to do (laughs) in order to stay relevant, you know, and it's a a full-time job. It's a full-time job and it takes away from your real life to do social life. Yep. Thousand percent. Cause I mean, yesterday was a holiday, you know, but I I had to kind of monitor because there was a lot of things going on, you know, between like getting people donating like I can't ignore that they're not donating you know what I mean like I have to like respond because those are things you do like you kind of have to acknowledge and engage people um because if you don't then you don't get seen on Instagram if you're not posting and like there's some days where I'm so mentally checked out from doing rescue from doing social media that I just and physically my fingers hurt my elbow hurts from holding my phone like my eyes go across I don't want to look at it I don't want to touch it but then it's like if I don't I'm letting the dogs down. I'm letting, I'm not getting seen and I've got to keep doing this. And granted, we don't have as many dogs as you by a long shot. We don't have as many volunteers as you by a long shot, but the dogs that we do, like I obviously think about them and want them to get seen and our vision to move. So it's like just posting any little thing. I'm like, oh, it's kind of becomes a task that I don't want to do. So not getting jaded, having fun with it, mm-hmm. interacting people like you have to do all that stuff but it's just sometimes it eats um your real life it does and like you know people would joke they're like we we don't really like you're never on social media I'm like it's because (laughs) I'm never on my own personal social media (laughs) because I don't I just don't have the bandwidth at the end of it all to like do both like I just can't I just can't I, I just can't do it like I you know post on mine sometimes little funny things and sometimes bigger life events that's like pretty much what you see on my social social media I'm not trying to grow it I don't really care it's just sometimes I'll post like that way everybody in my little circle knows what the heck's going on and that's about it <laughs> yeah because otherwise I just don't have it in me to uh to really try to drive engagement personally when it's it's a full-time job to to do it for the organization so like I don't care if people see my social personal life it doesn't matter right there's nothing that's going to help society like oh you want you think my personal dogs are cute well they are and I know that too go get your own like it doesn't there's nothing on my social that I'm trying to promote to sell to help to 
share. Like, I don't need the likes. I don't need the comments, but incredible Stella does. Mm -hmm. I, I need those. And people always use that term internet clout. You know, you just do things for clout, post a funny video of your dog. And there's some that I see that I'm like, you are being kind of a jerk just to get likes and comments and seen, and they take it too far and they don't care about those around them. I know it's just like a real big turn from where we were just talking, but like, I'm very careful about what I do record and put on social media for the rescue and personally too. Like I have a lot of dogs in my life. I see them do really funny things. Some things are probably not the, the most understood that I personally interact with them. Like, here's an example. Like when my husband and I are having a drink and like one of the dogs comes up and smells it, like, cause they're, that our coffee table's real low, they'll come up and smell it and make a funny face. And we laugh at that. However, if I was to film that and put that on social media, somebody might not understand that we are super protective parents of our dogs, that we would never let them drink alcohol, but some kid might see that and think, oh, that dog made a funny face. I'm going to do that and get my dog to drink alcohol and post it because it'll get likes. Right. right? Yep. It's being careful what you post, but also being real about what you post and being aware of who sees your stuff. And so there's good and bad on social For sure. Well, and, and you have to really be careful, like when you're running an organization too, because you can't, yeah, you know, in posting anything like political, like you can't do anything, not that it matters because you're still at the end of the day trying to help dogs, but like you have to be so careful because that can offend someone or turn them against you or, you know, so you have to just be very careful when you represent an organization as to kind of what you post personally too, because people will definitely monitor that stuff. I mean, if you cut your grass too early in the spring, someone's going to think you're about, oh. so yeah, you have to, that's a whole other layer of social media when it comes to what we're mm -hmm. doing. You can't offend anybody you, but you're going to, right? There's mm -hmm. always going to be someone take this dog, don't take this dog. And you always let somebody down and those comments to me, I don't know about you, but like when someone says something about me, those stay with me more so than the like, great job. We're proud of you. Thanks for saving that. Dog. Like those are nice, but I already know that I'm doing something good. It's the bad ones that make me question. They stay with me. For sure. Well, I mean, it makes you like kind of go on the defensive all the time too. Like we had, um, the Dodo, right. We did a big feature with Margot on the Dodo and I mean, this is something that we have regularly. Like I try to like get the information like clearly in the videos and in the comments so that, or the <laughs> captions so that people don't have to assume things or they don't okay. get confused by things. Don't, don't tell the story. I'm going to, I'm going to preface this with, I know, I think what you're going to say. So, so Margo was a dog you guys took in as uh -huh. a nonprofit dog uh -huh. rescue that uh -huh. you, and, and that's your whole concept. You don't, you don't breed dogs you don't raise dogs no nope. you take in dogs that have needs right someone yep. google on love that's what's going to come up so you post this dog who's clearly a big girl she's overweight by a lot she was her double her she was double the size she should have been okay yep. so just i want to preface who you guys are who this dog mm -hmm. was and then tell me some of the comments you got Oh my God. Well, because number one, they, they don't read the story, right? They didn't even actually listen to the video because had they even listened to the video, they would have understood the story, but they just jump to conclusions because they see her as an overweight dog. And they're like, this is animal abuse. You guys are terrible. Like, like, I mean, and I couldn't tell you because it was on the dodo. So it got over like, it's got like two and a half million views. 
So imagine how many comments happened on that thing. And like just the level of insanity, some of the things. Like I just couldn't even believe. I'm like, did you guys even watch the video? Did you actually know? Did anybody really call Animal Protective Services? Did you get investigated? No, but like, oh, oh someone did say they were going to call PETA on us, though. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, we like, and then they, that's the whole thing is like, well, how is she that bad if she was a stray? And it's like, we don't like the, the, the definition of a stray is a dog that's found at large, like it does not have a family and does not. Them. We don't right. know where she came from. She could have literally been dumped and found within a very short period of time. Nobody knows, but that's still a stray, right? But nobody could, like a lot of people, I shouldn't say nobody. A lot of people couldn't grasp the fact that how as a stray, she was overweight. That's a really good point on um, the stray part. Cause I think people do when they hear that associate, you know, she's been, or they, the dog has been roaming the streets for months, years, its whole life. And yeah, it's like, they weren't brought in with a history from a human, like they're astray. They, they're astray. Where they came from, you don't know their story. We know nothing. I mean, she literally could have been dropped off in the, the McDonald's parking lot and then someone found her because they dumped her. Like, you know what I mean? We don't know. Cause I, that dog, I can sure tell you though, she was found as a stray in June in Arizona. It was 105 to 110 degrees the day she was found being 120 pounds, barely able to walk. She did not get very far from where she left so if she walked out of her place it was not far away or someone left her there we don't know that though because she doesn't like you said come with a story book to tell us what happened so all we know is she was overweight she needed help and we helped her and now she weighs 60 pounds she just got like finalized her adoption this last weekend she's staying with her foster family forever because they're wonderful and it was a great story and instead these people instead of taking this feel-good story like they turned it into this like terrible narrative which is just ridiculous you know so I think that it's uh impossible to reach some people mm -hmm. but when you have a video you have a backstory you have written text you have other comments you have explanation of who you are and they still can't get it it's like you people are out in the world doing i know well the one the one that also gets me is because you know we do post a lot of like shelter dogs like that are living in their kennels and we get it a lot that like well why would that dog get euthanized just find a foster just find an adopter it's like do you really think if it were that easy we would ever be posting this like if it were just that easy like we don't just get to pluck fosters off of trees and pluck adopters off the of trees that's just not how it works we have an overpopulation crisis like there are more dogs than there are families for them so like these things happen and like we're not like nobody wants to euthanize dogs and we don't as an organization euthanize dogs we just support the shelter that's a full intake municipal shelter like they have to take in these animals and it's not their fault either that these they have too many dogs. If they don't have a space for a dog when a, one comes in, like what is what what do people think is going to happen? Like there's just not like they can't put them on the roof, right? And and people don't understand oh. all this. Even though I think we're very open on both of our socials about mm -hmm. our day, -day and what we're doing, are and. Yes, it's it's nice to have people comment, like, and share. That's so, so nice. And we have to do it, right? That's how we get these dogs seen. That's how we raise That's how we make this thing move forward. But it's also opening yourself up 
and being vulnerable, like to those comments, to people's opinions. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that gets me is the people that aren't there day to day doing this stuff, having opinions, it really bothers me. And not just like, why didn't you take that dog? Why couldn't you help that one? Cause it's like, they don't understand. Like you were saying, mm -hmm. they don't understand the work that goes into that, but it's those people. And I've heard this spoken that say, Oh, they just want the internet fame. They're only helping the dogs they think are adoptable. And it's like, Oh man, like, I wish I didn't have to do social media. I wish I never uh -huh. share a post, share a story, be emotional, be vulnerable because I don't want to, but I, it, I am who I am and it is what it is. And if we didn't have to do this, I'd be, there's no dogs and great. Then we don't have to do this. So it's like people thinking we're doing this for any other reason, except to get the dog seen are horrible. They're just horrible. I know. And it's just, it's so beyond frustrating too. Cause it's like, well, what are you doing besides being negative? Like what, what are you doing to help? Have you volunteered? Have you adopted? Have you fostered? Have you donated? Do you say anything positive to, to try to help the situation? Probably not. If, and to exactly what you just said, like, but the opposite side, if they are doing all those things and they're still saying that. It, like, it almost makes it worse. Fuck, right. Like it just makes it worse. Cause it's like, you know, like, you know how hard it is to adopt a dog. So and every avenue that we can do, like if I created a fans only and I could get dogs seen that way, I, I'd do it. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I know. Like we would, I mean, that's the thing. We would go to a lot of lengths to do this and we, you know, we have to, you know, unfortunately, because it's a necessity, um, you know, we do have to put ourselves out there and, you know, filter through a lot of the negativity um, and just, I mean, it is what it is. Like I will say, and I, I really try to remind myself cause sometimes I get really down on some of this stuff, but like I, there is way more good than bad. It, it like, when I look at a post and it like gets any negative, like I, I, it's always overshadowed by the good. So right. like, I really try to focus on the fact that, you know what, there are more good people and helpful people than there are the bad ones. But I just don't understand why you lurk on a nonprofit animal welfare organization's page to be negative. Like right. I just go away. Like you're not helping. Just go away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, especially like the only people I can see going on there and, and spewing their stuff. Cause I've heard this from other like pit bull pages is the people that are anti pit bull. And they oh, have we get that. We get, yeah. Oh, the, Oh my God. That was some other ones we did get with Margot. They were like, Oh, she probably swallowed some small children. Ugh. We got those comments. I hope she put buffalo sauce on them first. Then. Oh my God. I was like, are you kidding me? It was so bad. I was like, wow. <laughs> I was just like, I can't eat. I just, I, yeah, I got nothing. And I don't like, I don't clap back at people every once in a while. I'll say something, but for the most part, like I, it's just, I can't waste my energy on it. And sometimes like you can't like explain. Yeah. You're not like here. smart into some people like it, they're not going to change no matter what you say, their opinion is going to be what it is. And so you just leave it. Right. And, and you're never going to have a, a rational conversation with them because if they're already nope. saying that idiocracy on text behind their computer screens, they're like, they're going to come back with something so left field that you'll never be able to argue it ever. Yeah. Like, ever. And it's just going to spin your wheels and, and waste more energy based on it. So 
something like when people ask us though because like there are people like you said you know that can't be in the trenches and can't do all this stuff but like everybody can help and it's like something i say on our posts a lot it's like you know even just liking putting even an emoji in the comments and sharing these dogs like just because you can't adopt or foster or donate or volunteer or do any of these things right now someone in your sphere might be able to or might be on the lookout and they might just see that face come across their screen and be like oh my god that should be my dog right so the the power of like we have our sphere of our you know followers and supporters but like all of them like if you multiplied how many people are following us and how many people are on their own networks like it's just endless the possibilities of where the reach is when people just simply share a post right it goes such a long way and, and that's again the power of social media it's that double-edged sword yep. which yep. i'm totally honest aren't all swords double-edged like that both sides are sharp i mean i don't know i think so i but the some swords have a handle they're not sharp on both sides but i guess without the handle they are sharp on both no. edges see i didn't mean the handle side i meant like the pointy side like that side and the other side oh i see what you're saying see i looked at it completely differently well, yes my is fmd so yeah i don't i've never understood that phrase the double i'm like swords have two sides they can cut you <laughs> <laughs> Social media is something that's good and bad, how you use it, why you're using it, and just your ability to navigate through it, protect your heart, you know, do what you have to do to maximize it. And, it, and honestly, just be nice. Like people, that's my advice. Just be nice. If you don't have anything kind to say when you're engaging on other people's platforms, just don't say anything. Right. Like I saw this guy that was a there's somebody that follows us is like, he's got a really large Instagram account. Probably a lot of them are purchased um, bots or whatever, but he, he likes some of our stuff with our bullies, but he's a big time bully breeder. And I wanted to, I, I crafted it in my head. I wanted to send him a private message. Like if you like what we're doing, cause he doesn't write anything negative. And I truly feel like he likes what we do. I just want to ask them, like, why are you adding to the problem? But I just am not ready for that conversation because I don't know if he's going to say something off the wall or if I can talk sense. So it's on my to-do list. I just have to. It's a hard, it's a hard thing because it's like, you kind of have to pick your battles with this stuff, right? Like, are there, there battles that we'll have? Absolutely. Are there some, I'm just, I just can't, <laughs> I just can't, you know? Cause it's like, like you said, on some of the comments, you just, you, you're not, you're going to just talk yourself in circles. You're never going to get through to some of the people, no matter what you say. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is, but it's getting you guys money. It's getting uh, yep. pomp, pomp chomps, pork chomps, pork chomps, pork chomps. I have to try one. I'm going to have to come help you guys get time and see how good they are, but uh, uh, they're not okay. Well, and so, it also, I mean, honestly, it's where we get probably they fall in love with the dog. They feel like they know the dog. So yeah, it's, that's how all of ours get seen. I mean, okay. 85%, 85%. Yeah. Cause I mean, we have pet finder and adopt a pet and people do still go there. So we get our, we are, get our occasional stuff from there, but I would say mostly it's social media. But I, I talk to people in real life too, and we take our dogs out. So that's probably my 15%, but a mm -hmm. lot of, hey, we saw your dog on Instagram and so it's, it's something that we have to do. I'm grateful to do it. I'm glad we have that opportunity and I'm glad you guys do too. So on that note, um, get back to social media. We don't have time to, to talk. I know. Well, and I was going to say like, you know, next time you all see someone who runs a social media account, 
say thank you and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Buy us a drink. <laughs> Buy us a drink. It's just always evolving and changing and you have to just change and evolve with it. So, but it is, it's a lifeline and it's necessary and we will keep doing it. Okay. Well, on that note, you guys have a great uh, rest of your 4th of July. And stay safe. And if you find a stray, take it, get it checked for a chip. Uh, and post your neighborhood next door. Probably just got out. Go check some gates to see if they're open, closed, or if someone's walking around looking frantic, asking if they lost their dog. So, And honestly, go to Maricopa County Care and Control's page because they have a lost and found tips and they because you have to make an appointment before you turn in a stray right now so don't just show up there because you will get turned away um so go on to maricopa county care and control.gov i believe and um check out their lost and found section because until next time until next time bye Thanks for listening to another episode of Rescue and Rosé. We'll catch you on the next rescue or the next glass of rosé.